Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved podcast. Well, as many of you know, I am working on this thesis, and I am getting toward the end. Hallelujah, praise God. You can rejoice with me and go crazy, but I'm not there yet, but getting close. And this last part that I've been focusing on is memory and neuroscience. I think it's accurate to say that all behavior flows out of memory, whether it's unconscious memory, explicit memory that you bring into your conscious decision making. But one way or another, our behavior flows out of what's stored up in our mind. In fact, I don't know the exact scripture because I wasn't planning to say this first, but you would probably remember it maybe that Jesus said at one time, for a person does good because of the good stored up in them or does evil because of the evil stored up in them. I think that says it very clearly, right? Each of us has something stored up in us and good or evil behavior flows out of what is stored in us. And so this final part of my thesis is about the fact that if we want to love as Jesus has loved us, and especially so that we would love that way, so that it becomes second nature to us, in a sense, an unconscious, automatic response, how do we get his love, his truth into our minds in such a way that that becomes true of us, that there's the good is stored up in such a way that when certain things happen, certain stimulus, certain triggers, you and I respond. Ah, Pete tells me it's Matthew 12, 35. Matthew 12, 35. So again, just pause for a moment and think about those words. Jesus is saying is that good flows out of the good that is stored up. It means good behavior flows out of what's stored up, what is in your memory. That's where our behavior comes from. And we're trying to experience the Lord's love and get truth and loving like him stored up in such a strong, powerful, rich way, really, so that it just becomes second nature and just flows out of us. Well, as I've been having some fun <laughs> working through all of this, and I have, I mean that sincerely as I'm learning and processing so I want to take the next three talks to just stuff you've heard a bit before, but I want to slow down. I want to work and cooperate with the brain a little bit better with you. And so even that, if you can just imagine first Jesus saying those words and that good or evil comes out of what is good or evil stored up. Just get a hold of that, that your brain is a place where Good or evil has been stored. Maybe most of your life, you actually stored up evil because of evil that you've watched, evil that you experienced. And even if it's maybe not evil, but at least indifferent behavior toward people, non-loving, that's not, you know, horrifically harming, but I hope you get the ideas that stuff has been stored up in your mind and a lot of your behavior still just unconsciously, automatically comes out that's not like Jesus. And that's the thing that bothers us, I hope. It bothers you, bothers me, is that I want to respond to people and to what they say or their needs. I want to respond to that quickly, unconsciously, automatically, like Jesus would, like I've experienced Jesus do in my life. That's, I think, is the ultimate goal. So the starting place, though, today, 
is that I've been hanging out prior to doing some of this study over the last two weeks. I've been hanging out in Exodus chapter 33, and mostly I was just meditating on the statement where in 33.11, it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man or as a person speaks with a friend. The Lord would speak to Moses, speak to Moses, speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Now just think about that for a moment. God is speaking face to face. Later in Numbers chapter 11, there is a place in this conversation between God and Miriam and Aaron where God says that there was no one like Moses, but especially again, he says something similar where he says, I don't talk to him in riddles. I talk to him as a friend face to face. And actually one of the commentaries I read said that I think the literal Hebrew in the Numbers passage is mouth to mouth. And I, I know we're used to thinking of mouth to mouth resuscitation, but I think what's kind of cool about mouth to mouth, it means that's what's speaking is mouths are face to face, mouth to mouth. You're able to see the words, hear the words, respond to the words, but there's this intimate conversation. In fact, maybe some of you have read later on in chapter 33, God explicitly says to Moses, you can't see my face because no one can see my face and live. It doesn't literally mean God's meeting face to face. It's an idiom for intimate conversation between friends. And of course, the Lord is present because remember the cloud comes down. So I want to go there for a moment because here's what I want you now. I want you to put on your imagination and think. It begins though this way. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. All right, so just imagine that, that he gathers up this tent and goes out and pitches it. And it's not called the mess tent. It's not called the healing tent. It's not called the sleeping tent, the pup tent. It has a name. It's the tent of meeting. It's the meeting tent. And it's not just any meeting. It would be this face-to-face -face meeting with Moses and with God. And here's the thing. Verse 9, it says, now imagine Moses gathers it up. I mean, just maybe you've seen some movies or whatever, right? He just goes out there and he's got a hammer in the stakes and put this tent thing up. And as Moses went into the tent, so you see him going into the tent, sit down maybe, waiting. And then it says the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And then it says the Lord would speak to Moses, verse 11, face to face as a man speaks with his friend. But then in verse 12, Moses says to the Lord, now here's the point. I don't know if this is one of his conversations in the tent of meeting. I never thought about it till I was meditating on it, where maybe at one point Moses really just kind of chirps up and says, Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Lord, if you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And then 
the Lord says, my presence will go with you. And you kind of know, you've probably heard stuff on presence, but here's the other cool line, verse 17. And again, I'm wondering if this is in the tent. And the Lord says to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Now, here's the thought I want you to think about. By the Spirit, God's presence, your very physical body is the tent of meeting, the place where God now comes and resides. Jesus said in John 14, 23, I believe it is, Jesus said that the Father and I will make our home with you. Think about that for a moment. See, here's the thing. Moses, Moses would pitch the tent, pitch the place where God and he would meet, and Moses would go in, and then God would come, and then God would start talking. I felt like the Lord said, well, Mark, do you realize that in your case, it's the other way around? When you get up in the morning and you come to me, that's exactly what you do. I am at home. I am in the living room of your heart together, Father, Son, and Spirit. And the truth is we're actually waiting for you, waiting to speak to you. I was reading this book, and the beginning of this chapter, the author asks this question. And I'm going to ask it to you and, and have you do it as well. Whoever's listening right now, imagine God thinking about you. Okay, so let's imagine you're going to go and God and you are going to meet together and have this intimate conversation together. But before you get there and he's waiting, imagine him thinking about you. And here's the key thing. What do you assume he feels when you come to mind? Think about it. What do you assume he feels when you come to mind? As he's waiting for you to come, waiting to meet face to face as with a friend. What do you assume well, I'm not sure how you would answer that, but here's what I want to leave you with today. God said to Moses, I wonder if it was the first thing out of his mouth every time they started, which by the way, I think it's really important that the focus of the text is God speaking. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it always began with the Lord talking. Maybe not. At least for me, I find that really important to begin my time with him, listening, saying, Father, what do you want to say? I just wonder if over and over, how many times, how many times Moses would sit there and God would show up and the first thing out of his mouth was, I am pleased with you, Moses. And you see, I know you by name. I find incredible pleasure in you, Moses, and I know your name. You see, 
Moses, I'm so glad you're here because you just bring me so much pleasure and I am so pleased in you and I know your name. And then he would continue to talk. Can you imagine every morning or at night, but maybe the beginning of the day, the very first thing you do is you imagine you're walking into the living room of the home of your heart and the triune God is waiting there and the first thing they say is your name. Mark, Mark, oh, welcome, son. You bring us so much pleasure. It's so good to see you, son. We're so glad you're up, so glad you're here. Let's chat. That the Lord would say that to you every morning. Or maybe you'd hear him say, remember now, before we start, I love you even as I love Jesus. I love you even as I love Jesus, Mark. I know your name. I know your face. I know your life. And I love you. I am pleased with you. You have found favor with me. And see, really what I just did for you is one of the things that I've been learning is that so often in the church we are so left-brained, meaning that I could have just read this to you, and I probably would have. And a lot of my podcasts have been left-brain-oriented, teaching you information. And I could have just said, okay, well, there's this tent of meeting, and you know what? The tent of meeting actually became the tabernacle, and the tabernacle is the place where God's presence was, and Moses and God would kind of meet there, and then there's this whole thing about presence and blah, 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 blah. All of it would have been fine. But whether you would have made an emotional, relational connection to the Lord through some of the things that I would share. What I'm saying today to you is that what really, really matters is that you may hear someone say, God is with you. Don't forget, God is with you. You may hear someone say, God really delights in you. But I'm telling you, more than just the statement alone, or if you just read those words, is that they become embodied, that they are real, that they are living, and that I tried to help connect it to images, to make you think about a tent, to make you think about what that was like, that you could imagine and see Moses sit down, and suddenly this cloud comes down, and God begins to speak intimately, intimately, Moses, Moses, by name. And did he begin, perhaps, all the time? Moses, so glad to see you. Oh, you bring me so much pleasure. I am so pleased with you. And then to help connect it to the New Testament and the image of a home. You know, even that, I was meditating on that, thinking, what's the difference between a house and a home? And then that phrase, you've probably heard it, home is where the heart is. And I thought, yeah, you know, a house is a, just a dwelling place. It's the structure. But home, when I say, you know, I'll be home for Christmas what does that mean? It's not, oh boy, I'll be in that structure at 22 Vineyard. No, it means I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me because there's intimate, loving relationship there. There's warmth of heart and comfort and joy and value and love. That's what makes home home. And again, I'm sorry for some of you that perhaps didn't even have that kind of home. 
But home, ideally, is that. And that the Lord would say, I have made your heart my home. And I want to meet with you in that kind of environment. That's our tent of meeting now. It's called a home. And I'm so glad you're here. Let's connect. And then listen, listen, listen to the Lord. And the last thing is just through the Lexio Divina stuff. When you finish your time, ask the Lord for what's the word or the small phrase that I can take with me and repeat many times today. And so for me today, it's just been that statement. Mark, I speak with you face to face as a friend does with a friend. And I just kept saying that all throughout this day and just imagining and enjoying and reveling in and then hearing him say, Mark, I am pleased with you. And as you can see, I know you by name. I am pleased with you and I know you by name. So I hope that you will take something from this, a phrase, a word, an image, ponder it, process it. I want to encourage you over the next days, maybe the next weeks, begin your time mentally constructing the tent, perhaps, or mentally constructing your heart as your home and imagining the Lord seeing you and imagining the Lord feeling about you when you enter. And let it be the awesome, wonderful catalyst of starting this beautiful conversation together. So God bless you, love you, and have a great week.